Hi, this is Dr. Karen Becker. Join me for Cat Extravaganza Week from January 10th to the 16th to celebrate all things feline. We'll be featuring exclusive interviews from cat experts, a live Q&A, plus amazing daily giveaways. Please visit healthypets.mercola.com backslash cats for more information. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today helping me celebrate all things kitties is the cat therapist herself. Carol Wilborn. Thank you, Carol, for taking time to help celebrate Cat Week Extravaganza. And most people know exactly who you are and your passion about kitties. But for our listeners and readers that may not know about how you got started, Carol, let's back up and first talk about how you became so passionate about helping cat owners better understand their relationship with their kitties and working on cat-to-cat communication. This had to have come from an experience or your genetics or something that set you in motion? I majored in psychology. So I was very much into emotions and it's usually very hard for people to understand cats emotions. Um, I met a veterinarian over a sick cat uh, when I was had just separated from my first husband and the cat didn't make it, but we did because he Mm. was He was bona fide medicine. He'd done a residency, an internship, everything, but he didn't know that much about cat behavior. Mm. So uh, to skip forward, um, a little kitten was was, um, killed by uh, a dog who was taught to chase cats Mm. when when we were out in Malibu. So decided to go back and do something to honor cats. So in 1973, we started the first cat hospital in New York City, the cat practice. And at first, that's all I wanted to do was to help Paul. I mean, he was the doctor. And so I just kept on telling him, Paul, this is this is what you do. That's what the cat's feeling. He said, finally, he said, hey, wait a minute, we're getting so much media. He said, I can handle the veterinarian part, the medical part, but you've got to start talking to to the guardians, you know, who bring the cats in. So I had to have a name. And first it was the feline behaviorist, but somehow that didn't click as well. And media kept calling me the cat shrink, the cat shrink, the cat shrink. And then I thought, oh my God, I'm doing cat therapy. I'm the cat therapist. And now we have, and that was, as I said, back in the Mm seventies. And now we have dog therapy, plant therapy, every kind of therapy. When I um, initiated cat therapy, we only had physical therapy. Mm. It's a long way. My, <laughs> and during during this time, I've written six books, including Cats on the Couch, Cat Talk. I had a column for Cat Fancy for about sixteen years. Then I was uh, at a, an online column for In Defense of Animals, which is nonprofit. And now I have my blog, which is The Wilburn Way, which is online and it's free. I love doing it, and uh, it's it's so great to be with you, an, another cat lover even if it's for a short time. And I I thank you, Dr. Becker. Well, the pleasure is all mine. We're so excited to have your literally decades of expertise here to help us celebrate Cat Week extravaganza. So Carol, when you think back over your, we'll just say 50 years of helping cats live healthier, happier lives, when you think about all of the literally thousands and tens of thousands of cats that you have personally met or worked with their owners and working through um, 
communication issues, I, I'll venture to guess, is a, is a big chunk of what you do. Help not only cat-to-cat communication, but help people understand what their kitties are trying to tell them and what their kitties' needs are. When you think back to all of the issues you've helped cat parents work through, can you bucket them down into general categories? Would you say that there's a lot of miscommunication happening between cat to cat? Or would you say that most of the time owners, guardians, think that they're making the correct decisions for their cats in their home? And yet there has been miscommunication between what the cat is trying to express and tell their owner and what the owner is, what the owner's receiving, and then in turn trying to do. Would you say that that when you think back on 50 years of communication, it, it is would you be able to generally think about the fact of with the people that call you, what are the biggest issues that you see? Miscommunication, people not understanding their kitties, kitties having physical issues and owners not knowing it. I think I'm not a cat therapist. So when I think about your vast career, are there some repeated, I guess, issues that you see over and over. I I would say so. And I would say that that it has to do with um, uh, accidental misinformation. In other words, Mm. there's a slip between the person and the paw. The person does not mean to, is not doing, wishing any ill harm. He's really trying to do the best that he or she, the guardian can. Mm-hmm. And the issues that really come up in my cat practice are indiscriminate it, in urination defecation, which means avoiding the litter box. And we know that a cat instinctively will go to the litter box. If the cat doesn't, that means that there is a medical problem, yep. an emotional problem, or both. Mm-hmm. Uh, an, another um, big issue is intercat hostility, where all of a sudden these two cats who have loved each other forever, they start going at it. Mm-hmm. Another one could be destruction, and it, it, it could be aggressiveness, it could be timidity. Now, for these three things, it may just be the single cat syndrome, if there is only one cat. The cat, the cat is, particular cat is frustrated, and mm. his behavior becomes deviant, abnormal, cat-centric, because something is bothering him or her. And this mm. is how the cat reaches out to the person who is the guardian. Yeah. So, Carol, when you, when you talk about single cat syndrome, for people that have maybe never heard that term before, is the solution as easy as getting another cat? <laughs> um, sometimes, sometimes it is. Sometimes um, it's absolutely the main reason, but the person for whatever, whatever good reason can only have one cat for whatever good reason. And I really can't argue with with the guardians. If they don't want another cat, they don't want whatever the reason is. So uh, they can fill in. They can help their cat have company and interact with another being by maybe arranging dog dates. By that, I don't mean just having the dog come in and run around. I mean, having the person's, um, the dog's person bring the, the, the dog in, the, the, dog, the dog guardian sits down, the dog's on the lead, and uh, it can't get free. And eventually, if the, if the cat isn't out already, the cat will come out. And even if they don't do anything, 
just the presence of the dog will tire the cat out and that's what we want to do we want to we want to use up this boundless energy that the cat has sometimes if, if, if dog dates are impossible then sometimes it, you can take the cat out in a stroller that too okay. would use up the cat's energy yeah um, so how how much of single cat syndrome if you could venture to guess i i my declaration is about 75 percent of kitties struggling with single cat syndrome are bored. It's a boredom based well, that's behavior. That's what I said. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Is that, I do. Is, is, you think my I assumption's do. correct? Okay. And, and that's why a second cat, a dog date or a stroller or, or, or just maybe, maybe sometimes just watching things on, on the animal planet. Right. or YouTube will work um, the particular cat's energy out. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I, I have a single cat syndrome case right now. Um, what I do, um, I take, I take along, particularly for my, for my one cat um, home visits with their, and there is only one cat and the cat is acting out. I take along this cat, this robotic cat and the robotic. And then, then I see, how how the particular cat acts with the robotic cat, and it, it, it's fun. Um, and if right now, if any viewers, listeners have a single cat, they they can get a robotic cat uh, mm -hmm. online. Um, just type in robotic cat. But but this one even even drinks from a bottle. He meows. The okay, I think I think we've done enough. Okay, <laughs> enough. And he, he belongs to SAG, so he has to get royalties. Okay. So I listen, I, I've never thought about a robotic. This is a brilliant strategy. Carol, have you ever had single cats attack the robotic cat and say, that is not the friend I want? Have you ever had a, have you seen aggression or never? Uh, not, a, not harsh aggression, maybe hissing. They might hiss and yeah. stick a pop and walk away, but never to attack. If anything, there was one cat. He was just absolutely, he, he, he was marvelous. His name was Toulouse. And he had the, the wobbly cat syndrome where he was uncoordinated. But anyway, when I, I put down, but he was very, very playful and had lots of energy. So I put down the robotic cat and did he love it? He went over and he bumped it and he wrestled with it. So I, I just left the robotic cat there. I couldn't take yeah. it. That, you know, that's a really brilliant strategy for kitties that clearly are yearning for another, for a friend or something, yes. some interaction, yes. especially if you as the guardian, if you don't have time, let's say you work 12 hours a day, yes. your cat's at home alone, bored, stiff, sleeping all day, desperate for interaction. That's a really fine idea, yeah. especially, you know, that that's a, that's a grand idea. So let's talk a little bit about if you could go one step further. So you have a kitty kind of acting out, bored, restless, too much energy. Of course, work on making your cat tired, which is easier said than done, especially if you have a kitten with a lot of energy. Making your, a kitten tired is a hard go. <laughs> but it, um, if you're capable of physically, you know, if you can play and exercise your cat, if you can do some environmental enrichment, if you can play food games, all that's fantastic. What if you're in a position to adopt 
another cat. Ah, Can that's we... where the fun comes in. Yes, and okay. also the expertise needed, hence you being here. I, you know, it's not as easy as yes. saying, here's your okay. new best friend. No, yeah. let's talk about choice. Okay, Yeah. So here, here you have uh, Beulah, and uh, she's a female cat, and um, you want to get a kitten. So you're trying to think of what kind of kitten um, should I get? Now, she's very... She's very comedic. She's very frolicsome. So you'd want to get a cat that could keep up, excuse me, a kitten that could keep up with her. And I say kitten because it's much easier to have an older cat bond with a kitten. So um, if you might say that she's the Ellen DeGeneres type or she's the Rock type or she's the Emma Stone type, you, you want to get a, a kitten that will go along with that Catsonality. So you'd have to get uh, one that's full, you know, full of energy and, and loves people. Now, if if your cat is more the maternal or the paternal side, let's say your cat is uh, your cat is an Oprah or a John Stewart or a Tom Hanks. So then you you you'd want to get a little kitten that she could uh, that she could love and wash and groom and do all of those things. Now, if you have a melon, mellow, even-tempered cat, that would be like a Ryan Gosling or Anderson Cooper or a Barack Obama. Then you'd you'd want to just get just pro probably any any little any little kitten would do. You don't even have to be as particular. Now, um, if you have a bouncy fearless cat a real that's that's what Beulah is then you might want uh you, you might say that she's a Simone Biles or a James Corden you'd want to get a kitten that would fit that um disposition or shall I say catsonality and um so that's what you do you you want to really match your cat's um disposition you, you might say we're 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 going online and we're doing hello cupid or something like that yeah right that's yeah right. That, that's what that's what you do or if if your cat has lived with another cat before and let's say it was a black cat and they loved each other so get a black cat if your if your cat had a, had a bad experience with with a gray tiger don't get a gray tiger yeah and if she's if your cat's had a good experience with her male or female get get that particular sex um cats can't really we can't prove that cats can see color we think they see black white and red um yeah. but um try, maybe you could if, if, if your cat lived with a gray cat and got along well with the gray cat it might be good to get a gray cat so that that's it for that's it for the choice but then we have the introduction yes that's something else, Dr. Becker. And it's a big thing. Can we talk a little bit how before, if anyone's watching or listening, and if you're contemplating rescuing a new kitten, it's really important that you take the steps to not do it wrong, Carol. And let's talk a little bit about why this is so important, because you can't really back up and get, you know, once there's a negative interaction, then you're having to do damage control in that relationship where if people can proactively plan yes. a low stress introduction, it's just so much better for everyone. Maybe yeah. you can walk us through what to do. 
Yeah. Okay. Now, many a garden, a guardian thinks that will bring the kitten in and the kitten will be fine. And my cats lived with cats before and everything will be dandy. And uh, I'll just give the kitten lots of attention and my cat won't mind because my cat knows that that I I love him or her. Well, that that isn't the case. Your your cat needs to be centered on. You want you're getting the kitten for your cat, so you want the cat to give it attention. If you start giving the kitten all the attention, the cat's going to say, hey, what is this? I used to have 100% attention. Now I'm only getting 98. I want the whole thing. Okay, so this is what we do. When it comes time to adopt the kitten, you have an escort. You don't bring the kitten in, if possible. You really have someone who isn't a dear friend of the kitten, just a neighbor and anyone who isn't close. And they put the carrier in, in the bathroom and they leave the carrier open and they leave the bathroom door a little bit ajar. While you're sitting there talking to the escort, your cat will probably run into the bathroom or by that time, the kitten might've run out. Now you don't go over right away and say, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. The very best thing you could do, and I know you're gonna to have to be very brave to do this. The very best thing you could do, providing that you've already had your um, apartment or house kitten proof, that you wanna make sure there are any, any holes or crevices that the kitten get hurt. Okay, so all this is done ahead of time. It's, pre, it's pre-kitten planning. So now what you can do is you can leave. You can absolutely leave because if you stay there, you're going to be staring and, and that, that's not good because then your cats, they're going to pick up all the energy and your cat might get upset with the kitten. So go out for an hour, go out for a half hour. When you come back, you give all your attention to your cat, all your attention. If you have to do something for the kitten, you say, I'm feeding the kitten, Beulah, so the kitten doesn't eat your food. I'm taking, I'm taking the kitten off the windowsill because if something happens to the kitten, it might happen to you. The idea here is that it was your cat's idea and you're following orders. You're the over there. So what you would say is, gee, I guess this was a good idea that you got the kit, that I get the kitten. I'm glad I finally caught on. I finally got it. It took me a long time. Now, Dr. Becker, I'm not trying to say that the, the cat understands the words, but picks up the body language. Of course. Yes. Of course. That's what they depend on. That's what they depend upon in the wild. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and cats are, they're descended from uh, the wild cat. Okay. So you come back and you give all your attention to the cat, to your cat. Uh, and when you have to do something for the kitten, you just say, Beulah, I'm doing this so you don't have to do it, blah, blah, blah. Now, don't think that you can pet the kitten in the other room or, or, or sweet talk the kitten in the other room that your cat wouldn't see or hear it. Cats have cat radar. They pick it up. That's why they're so smart. They're so sassy. They're so sexy. They're so marvelous. And that's why we love them. So even if you're out of the your cat's ear sight and eyesight, what you, you, you just, you use Beulah again. Okay, Beulah, um, I'm, I'm doing this so you don't have to do it. I'm doing that so you don't have to do it. Now, um, ideally, if you can do this, and I have had guardians who do it, try not to touch or hug the kitten for the first few, several days. From the day 
that the, your cat grooms the kitten 10 days from the day that your cat grooms the kitten, then you can pick the kitten up and do whatever you want. But even then, you have to say, right, Beulah? Just include, you want them on the same page. See, yeah. if Beulah gets upset or your cat gets upset, they're going to take it out on the kitten. Mm -hmm. And remember, your cat got 100% attention before. It's not going to be happy with 98. The only way you can give it 100% attention with a new kitten is to acknowledge, acknowledge, acknowledge. Say your cat's name whenever, wherever you interact with the cat. Just think of it as me too. Mm -hmm. That's what the cat's thinking. Me too, me too, me too, me too. So that's that's what that's what I would say. And basically what I said, what I'm saying is zero attention except when needed for necessities, comforts. Zero attention until 10 days from the cat, from the, the day your cat grooms the kitten. Now, if you can't do all of this because you just, you just can't stand it, please do most of it. But if you can do all of it, if you can get an A+, plus, that, that would be marvelous. That would just be great. And so in essence, what, what the theory is, is if the adult cat is the one that says, okay, I'm going to accept the kitten, I'm going to begin grooming the kitten, we take our cues from the cat's cues. And when the cat says, it's okay, I accept this brand new creature, I'm going to allow it into my space, and I'm going to begin interacting, then we follow suit. But we let our we let it be our cat's decision to yeah. first interact. And then as the guardian, then we begin showing directed affection and attention to the brand new addition. Yeah. Exactly, Dr. Berger. And, and, and the main thing is that if you just think it was my cat's idea to get right. it, it actually was, because that's why your cat's acting out. Yeah. Yes. So it actually was. Your cat was was doing a symptom and you you picked up on the symptom. So you thank your cat. Thank you for for having me go out and get this kitten. You did a good job. You picked a good one. That kind of thing. Yes, that's it. And I say this because through the years I have I go on so many home visits or video calls, you know, to to talk about this. And, you know, I have one I have, you know, one right now. Um, where the particular person can't have, have another cat. So we had to, you know, think up some of these things so that um, her, she can live in harmony with her cat. Because that's the main thing. We want to live in harmony mm -hmm. with our cat or cats because they are so splendid. They are so extraordinary. And uh, we, we, we want to toe their line. We, we really want to yeah. do that. Well, and when we think about it, our kitties communicate with us the only way that they know how. And it's our job, if we believe our kitties misbehaving or acting strangely or doing something new, maybe that they haven't done before, it's our job as their guardians to astutely and sensitively discern why is that? Our kitties are communicating with us. They're peeing in the corner or they've decided to start, you know, what feels to us like randomly biting us or being aggressive. They are communicating. It's our job to appropriately and sensitively address why that's going on. And in this situation, being able for people that can meet their kitties' needs uh, alone, there's no 
reason to have to think about getting another kitty. And I believe as a veterinarian that we first need to, if we have a single cat, we first need to make sure, as you mentioned, rule out all medical issues, make sure there's no underlying metabolic issues, make sure the kitty's mouth feels okay, there's no pain, the kitty's GI tract is fine. The kitty doesn't have anything that bladder and kidneys are fine. Make sure that the kitty feels good in his or her body. Then we want to make sure the environment is safe and nurturing and creative and energizing for the cat, that the cat enjoys being in their home. Then we have to make sure we're doing our part in terms of literally being a social calendar for the cat, making sure that they have opportunities to exercise and get environmental enrichment and have bright light and, and, exhibit natural behaviors. Like that's a tall order right there. But after we've checked all those boxes, then we can say, you know what? I do think it's clear that my cat might really like a buddy. And then it's like you mentioned, matchmaking time, trying to find the right new kitten or cat with the correct and and synergistic personality that will mesh well with the cat that you have at home. Then there's the introduction. Now, one step beyond that, Carol, if the introduction goes splendidly well, the your kitty, your resident cat says, okay, on day four, I'm going to engage with the brand new baby and I like him now, woohoo, you're off and running. But Carol, what if, and I'm going to use my cats as an example because it's a good example for you. My mom actually rescued a, uh, a set of cats from an owner that had passed away. But the the owner prior to passing away, her best friend knows all about the cats, grew up with the cats. And what we have learned about these kitties growing up is that the original tortoiseshell kitty was three years old, had single cat syndrome, clearly was desperately lonely and really wanted another cat. The owner got a brand new kitten, Calico, a soft, gentle, quiet spoken Calico. And the tortoiseshell cat, immediately said, I hate this kitten, get it out of the house. But the owner didn't do that. The owner said, you two are going to live together even if you hate each other. Now, the calico loves the torty, no problem. The torty, the adult cat, hated the kitten. So they've grown up for seven and 10 years when my mother rescued them. They grew up with the calico every single day saying, is today the day we're going to be friends? And every single day, the tortoiseshell show no, not today. And then the next day, the, the calico says, how about today? Today, can we be friends? And every day, the tortoiseshell says, says no. And this is, just the, this is just the cat's dynamic. When their owner died, both of these cats went into rescue together. And the owner's dying request was, you have to keep these cats together. So my beautiful mom actually adopted these two cats, this exact same dynamic, Carol's still going on. The younger Calico desperately wants to be friends with the tortoiseshell and the tortoiseshell says, buzz off, I hate you. What has worked in, in the home is that my mom has given two sanctuaries. The Calico has a sanctuary and the tortoiseshell has a sanctuary. And then they have some common ground. The calico just waits for the tortoiseshell to come out of her kingdom and every day wants to interact, but nothing has changed. Do you think, Carol, that there's just sometimes that some, just like some people will never like each other, some cats will just never like each other? Or do you think there's some unturned behavioral stone that may at some point allow this blessed tortoiseshell to at some point accept the delightful calico okay. or never. 
Okay, what 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 I would say here is uh, I have a feeling that she isn't doing it the Wilburn way. And Probably not the Wilburn way because she didn't know. Yep. She loves these cats, but you can only do what you know. It's hard to do what you don't know. And sometimes you don't even know what you don't know. Exactly so, right. Um, what I would her to do is pretty much what I have just said. When and now for all these years. She hasn't been doing it. So to do it now, it's going to take a long time because the, the um, tortoise shell isn't going to trust. Well, and keep in mind, my mom actually has only had, they, she's only had these kitties a couple of years. But, okay. um, so, still, but still, years, still yes, it, it is a long time. It could be a long time. Yeah. Because cat, a cat has, has nine lives, but the nine lives, anyway. Okay, so here is what, um, if she were, if she were to start saying, using cat number one, in other words, the top cat, the yep. cat that had her, you know, all this time. If she were to start, whenever she interacts with the new cat, she would use the cat's name, right? Okay, I'll do it so you don't have to do it. Let me brush her so you don't have to brush her. Let me feed her. Oh, you want me to do this? Okay. Oh, my goodness. You know, I didn't realize all this time that you wanted to be, you wanted to be talk to i i didn't i didn't i you needed to be acknowledged it was so silly of me i kept this in thinking that it didn't matter but it does matter right and so now i will do it again cat doesn't understand body doesn't understand the tone of voice doesn't understand english but picks up on the body language and tone of, of voice of so course. if your mother were to start acknowledging cat number one the top cat every single time, but it's going to take a while because she's not going to trust her. She's going to say, "Oh, what is what is she trying to do? What is she trying to do?" Because well, and it's a, a very very it's, big thing. It's massive. And one of the things when I first saw this dynamic, as much as the previous owner's dying wish was to keep these cats together, my opinion as a veterinarian would have been: listen, one the the younger subordinate kitty desperately wants a friend, but the older dominant cat does not want a friend. I believe it would be less stressful for the older tortie to have gone to be in a single cat home. Yes. She really wants to be a single yes. cat. She doesn't yes. want a friend. Yes. But, we, <laughs> but we have to make the best of what yeah, we exactly. And, exactly. And I agree with you. Yeah. you there yeah. are cats that really want to be the only, I only have one cat. Yep. Um, he yep. was from a kill shelter in Chula Vista, and they figured he was about two years old. My sister, she lives in Los Angeles in Brentwood. So anyway, she, she drove out to um, Chula Vista, and I, I took a plane and, and picked up O2. And he looks like a, a full-fledged um, Siamese, but it turned out that he, he was part um, feral. So the mother and, and how did you hear about him? So how they, like did your sister hear about him and then tell you? She went online. She went online looking, oh. and uh, it, it it took a while. And she she found him. And I just said wherever he wherever the cat is, I'll fly out. And I want an older cat. I would have gotten older, but this one happened to be two. So I've had him for twelve years. So he's fourteen now. 
And how they described him at the shelter was that he liked to watch the other cats, but he never interacted with them because they just didn't have a cat room. So he's he's not as feral, Dr. Berkey, he's not as feral as he, as he was. He, he, he's still in recovery, though. He's, a, mm-hmm. he's a, a, a recovering feral cat. That's what I call him. I, I don't say feral because that means he's total. I call him recovering. He, he's come a long way. He do you yeah and do you still see pro do you still see him growing and evolving yes. carol as yeah After, uh having him um 13 uh, uh actually probably more like i've had him for 12 years now so about a year ago he started coming onto my bed at night he would only do that he in the morning he would come up and snuggle on the pillow but now he he will sometimes he's in the bed before I am. That doesn't mean he might go back. He might not go back. Sure, sure. Honestly, and he's calmer when when I have mm. company, and he loves to go out in the hall. That's something that that you can do with 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 the cat if if you live in an apartment if it's okay with the neighbors, and yeah. and you can't get into the elevator. But he has a lovely time doing that. That's a really good suggestion. I never thought about hallways, but for people in, you know, that are in, like you said, condos or apartments, it can sometimes be hard to come up with creative environmental enrichment. It, yes. it can be difficult. You sure can. Yeah. I like well, that. Hall, hallways are a good idea. Uh, other, uh, other tips and tricks. Um, well, another thing you could actually do this if you had two cats, but it would be kind of heavy. You could take them out in a papoose, you know, one of those, um, cat uh carriers and and walk around that that's a wonderful thing to do you know like a snuggly are you able to do that with your cat or heck no because he he has a little bit too much um Uh, anxiety no i i sometimes um put him in a pillowcase he has carriers but i put him in the pillowcase and i put a harness on him and then but i live right across from a little park and we we go to the park and he he sits on the ground he'll sit on my lap um, his name is O2 or Orion 2. Uh, my first Orion I only had for um, really for t- 22 months. It was, it, was, mm. it was a hard, it was a hard one. It was, he went kidney, kidney stuff. Oh, I'm sure you see a lot of, a lot. Of course, it's a leading cause of death for cats. Three out of four kitties will have kidney disease. It's devastating. It's devastating. Yeah. So when you are counseling people, Carol, when it comes to, in essence, it's a really difficult job because we're counseling about a different species. It's like me picking out a best friend or a mate for you. Yeah, I I may be your best friend, but I'm still not you in your body. So I may not pick a best, correctly, a best friend for you or pick a great mate for you or a flatmate or a roommate. it's, It's a difficult challenge. Do, have you had instances in your 50 year career where sometimes they're just the best choice is separation? I mean, there are some instances. Yeah, I recently had that. It was a referral from a veterinarian. Um, their, their cat was um, several years old and uh, the, um, the partner cat had passed on several months ago and the cat seems lonely. So they, they adopted they adopted a full grown male cat from a shelter. It turned out he had an upper respiratory problem. So they had to treat him. So that meant they spent a lot of time with this cat separate from their resident cat. 
And so the reason they called me in is that there was severe in intercat hostility. And these people were yeah. trying everything. They they had they had it set, they had gates on the doors so the cats could see each other but not get to each other. But and I what I did was I gave them a, a program to, you know, get them to to see if, if they could learn to love each other or at least like each other or at least yep. tolerate each other. But I said, I really think it would be best um, to rehome the new cat. You'll all be happier. I said, give, give it a try what I'm telling you. Try it for a couple of weeks. If you, if you see improvement, I could always come back and do uh, a, a subsequent session. But otherwise, I really think it's best to rehome. And they, um, so that's Yes, it do, it does happen, Doctor Becker. It, it's just yeah. like there are people who who live together for twenty years and they'll get a divorce. I think it's just important. What I have seen sometimes, my clients are so resilient and they're so committed, Carol, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. some sometimes in their attempt to just keep working on an issue, the stress in the home and yes. the stress on the resident cat, I have seen inadvertently health issues, emotional issues turn into health issues for the resident cat from stress yes. of the new addition. And my beautiful clients that just want to keep trying to work at it from a different angle and a different angle. I love that my clients are that committed that come hell or high water, they're not rehoming. However, Carol, when that rolls into their commitment uh, to make both cats happy, when it results in their resident cat having medical issues secondary to stress, that's a whole lot of stress. To create cystitis or psychogenic alopecia from an environmental stressful situation, I think first and foremost, we have to make a commitment that above all, we're not going to let any personality or behavior issue move past a certain point with a hard stop without doing mm -hmm. some direct intervention in terms of splitting the right. kitties up. So I think it's yeah. important. I told these people and they said, we really do want the, the cats to be happy. So I, yeah. um, it's just, sometimes it just has to be done. What I yeah. said to them, think of yourself as a halfway house. Mm -hmm. You got you got the you got the cat out of the shelter where he had a cold, and now yes. he's from the upper respiratory. But it, now it's been a few months, and they're they're you know they haven't gotten along, and you've done all you could, and try you know my program. If it doesn't work for them, then rehome, yeah. and uh, that you know and 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 don't run out and get your your cat another cat right away. <laughs> right. Right. And that is exactly kind of the conclusion I've said to my mom is, listen, we've got to, we kind of live, it sounds fancy that we live in a gated community. It just means that <laughs> the house is divided down the middle. So uh, one kitty gets the one half of the house and the other kitty gets the other half. But in terms of helping to reduce their cortisol, their stress hormones, that's really important to me as a wellness doctor. Yes. I do not want stress induced diseases coming into, into anyone's life, including my mom's. And so I think managing an environment to intend intentionally decrease stress is needs to be everyone's focus when we're thinking about how can I optimize my home environment, not just for my cat or cats, but for everyone, including the guardian, everyone needs to think about the home being a healing, receptive, 
restorative, nourishing place to be? Yeah. And if it is it, you know, what can we do to, to change the home to make it as best we can? That we situation. want a har- harmonious household. We want a harmonious household. We 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 don't want a household that's at odds. And and that that's what's just really really important. And um, I just uh, I feel really honored and privileged that I can help people help their cats because a happy yeah. cat really makes me very happy. Really, really, really does. I I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to to do what I can do. And I, I I agree with you. And I love the fact that you have literally spent your career helping people help their cats. I think that that's um, a beautiful way. It's an amazing gift to the cat kingdom, but also a, a, an amazing resource for the humans that are so desperate to, to make their cats' lives healthier and happier. So thank you for all that you do. One last question. Yeah. Um, from all, when you look back on all that you've learned, Carol, what, what nugget of wisdom for all the cat owners, cat enthusiasts, cat lovers out there, what, what nugget of wisdom would you say right now with all that you've learned, it um, speaks to your heart at this point with you having this veteran career and helping a lot of people and a lot of cats, what's a take home message for what you've learned about us being the best guardians we can be? Uh, Being the best guardians we can be, don't think of your cat being spiteful. Your cat's weird or annoying or disruptive or unpredictable behavior is a symptom of what's going on. So if you can get, get to the bottom of it, not being spiteful, there's something going on. It could be medical. It can be behavioral. It can be both. So don't just assume my, my cat is biting me because being spiteful because I was out. Um, just get, get to the bottom of it and go slowly. Uh, you may find the answer on the internet. Uh, it could be from, you know, maybe a call to the veterinarian. Maybe you need a visit. But just don't assume that your cat is being spiteful. They're, it's a symptom. This weird, annoying behavior is a symptom of to let you know that, ah, something's wrong with me. Mm. Beautiful advice, Carol. Thank you so much. If people wanted to learn more about your fantastic work or where they can get in contact with you, where would people go? Um, they can go to my website. It's thecattherapist.com, the cat therapist.com and I have my blog on there the Wilburn way and uh, can I show my book cat talk please there's a couple I'll just show I have I did write six books but we'll show a couple of them anyway and you can you can get them online and uh, this is a pleasure god I'm so glad uh, you're out there Dr. Becker well we love the fact that we spend a week out of the year celebrating all things cats it provides a fantastic opportunity for me to meet for me to meet experts including yourself from around the world who committed their entire professional career to helping cats live happier longer healthier lives thank you for being one of our featured experts we love the fact that you are committed to helping kitties live their best lives and all of the resources that you have provided both in books through the website through consultations through blogs all of those resources available for cat lovers worldwide to be able to know more about their cats because when people know more, they can do better. And we appreciate you contributing to that conversation. Thank you, Carol. Thanks, Dr. Becker.